the reminder that Easter is about more than egg hunts, although that was a great time on Wednesday. It's about more than dressing up and taking pictures. It's about more than finally making it to church. <clears throat> it's, about, it's even about more than chocolate, which is hard to believe. It's even about more than what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, because Easter is also about what Jesus is doing now, today. It's about the resurrection back then, but it's also about the countless resurrections that happen every day. And I mean, resurrection is contagious. Even Cadbury got in on the act this year. Cadbury, if you didn't know, every year Cadbury runs an advertising campaign for a new Cadbury bunny. And people submit videos of their pets, and then the world votes for the next bunny. And usually it could be any animal, right? It's all inclusive. And they just put on ears, and nobody knows the difference. And this was the first year, though, that they required all of their submissions to be rescue pets. Rescue animals, right? It's cool. I mean, and especially as a pastor, I'm like, look at this. The company that helped turn Easter into chocolate bunnies... <laughs> is finally reflecting the true meaning of Easter, rescue, resurrection, and new life. So here are four of Cadbury's finalists. And if you know who won, don't, t don't say anything, because I want to try something I've never done, which is why we need the kids in the room. After, we're going to take a poll with our phones to see who we would choose as, as the winner. But here, here are the four finalists we're going to look at today. The first is Cyprus, right? He was an orphaned beaver, no joke, whose parents were lost when someone was trying to be helpful and accidentally destroyed the dam that they lived in. The second is Stewie, right? This is a, 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 a I didn't even know, it's not just a miniature horse, it's a dwarf miniature horse that was saved from the auction house, get this, and is now a therapy horse. Right? This is Crash. Crash is a one-eyed cat who survived a hit and run. His leg was crushed and lost an eye and loves people and is now the mascot of the cat rescue that was gonna adopt him out and couldn't bear to let him go. And finally, this is Timmy. Timmy, <laughs> get this, Timmy was an orphaned sheep that was never supposed to walk, ever. And they were going to just put, put Timmy down, and someone said, no, no, we're going to make this sheep walk, and they used casts and braces and training and physical therapy. I don't know who, where, who gives a degree in physical sheep therapy, but Timmy can walk, and Timmy can run, and Timmy loves to hop which makes him a perfect candidate for, for this. So now, here's where I need your help, and, and I'm gonna test Matthew too. So see this, there's a QR code on the screen. So if you take, if you have a, a smartphone, you can take the camera out, and you click the QR code, and it takes you to a page, and you can vote. Oh, Timmy's winning! So if you vote, is live. I like, I like that one. See, that was me, I just did one. So you can vote. So I want to see you vote. If you, if you can't get the QR code to scan, you can go to menti, M-E-N-T-I, dot com. And um, I don't know if you can read the code up there. 
It's five six five seven five eight one nine. And so we got to vote. There are more than that many people here. Oh, Stewie. Uh, uh oh. This is kind of fun. <laughs> Look at that. Anybody need the code again? If you need the code, it's menti.com. It's five six five seven five eight one nine. That's our online code. We're going. Look at that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You can leave this up for a second because I want to until it stops. Yep. <laughs> you got it? All right. So it was a hard choice this year. And we're gonna, we'll go ahead and watch while it rolls a little bit. Because I think we're all suckers for a good redemption story. Like it's built into our DNA because it's who God made us and it's what God did for us. All right. It looks like Crash. It looks like, whoop. And he ain't no bandicoot. He's a cat. All right. Okay, we can go ahead. So we got Crash. We're going to hear the real winner. Yay to Crash. We're going to hear the real winner. We're gonna, he's going to get it. He's finding the mouse. So don't do this one yet. This is for later. So um, we got Crash today. Let's give it up for Crash. I'll tell you the real winner later. But I think why we like those stories, why we like stories like this, is because it is the story of creation, right? It's who we are. It's part of our story. Easter isn't about bunnies. It's not even about Crash and, and Timmy and, 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 and Cypress and Stewie. Easter is about the greatest redemption story ever told. Some of you have been living that story this week. Jesus shared his last meal, and we shared a meal together on Thursday, on Maundy Thursday. He was put to death on Friday, and we shared together on Good Friday and heard stories of that day. And then the whole world rested on Saturday, the last day of the Jewish week. And on the first day of the Jewish week, this happened. It's Matthew 28, 1 through 10. After the Sabbath... As the first day of the week was dawning, that's Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great rush of wind. And there was an earthquake and the angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you, said the angel. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him. They took hold of his feet and they did what? Worshipped him just like you're doing today. Some things never change. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee for there they will see me. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you. We thank you for redemption stories like Timmy and Cyprus. Mostly today we thank you for the redemption story of our lives through your son, Jesus Christ, and his resurrection. Just as Jesus spoke to the disciples, just as that angel spoke to the women, speak to us today. You know each and every one of us in here. You know our hearts, you know our fears, our doubts, our worries, our joys. And so speak to us that we might hear you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So this is it. Like This is the, the story, the greatest story of resurrection and redemption ever told. The reason we're here today, this is the reason that Christians have been gathering on Easter every year since it happened. Truth be told, this is the reason that there are Christians all over the world who gather together every day to remember this story, the reason we have hope, the reason we can trust that no matter how dark things get, new life is always springing up. The reason we know that this, this life, this situation, this moment, this whatever it is for you, that this is not the end. This story is earth-shattering, world-changing, life-altering, death-defeating, kingdom-establishing. This story is truly a seismic event that changed everything. I mean, it's right there in Matthew's description. And suddenly there was a great, what? Earthquake. And you know the, the Greek word that Matthew used, right? Like, you, may, you might not know that you know it, but you know it. The Greek word, I just had an earthquake on my face. The Greek word for earthquake is seismos. Seismos, which we get what word? Seismic, right, an earthquake, a commotion, a shaking. Earthquakes, by the way, if you read Matthew's gospel, earthquakes tend to show up when life-altering things happen in Matthew's gospel. Like when Jesus calmed the seismic storm that was terrifying the disciples in the boat. Or at Jesus' death, right before Matthew the centurion professed, surely this is the Son of God. There was an earthquake. And it happens in this moment today, and it happens, Jesus says, when the kingdom comes again, and, and Jesus comes to establish the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven there will be an earthquake. You see, when Christ is revealed in all of his life-redeeming glory, we tend to be shaken, shaken out of our slumber. Literally, like the disciples on the boat were shaken out of their slumber. And figuratively, like the day Ruth learned she was pregnant. Now, I know that was a weird turn. You're like, wait, we were just in a boat with disciples and there was a beaver and a sheep. And now I'm talking about someone named Ruth. Well, if you haven't been with us this last six weeks, we've been walking through the book of Ruth. And we have followed these two women, Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, this Jewish woman, and Ruth, her daughter-in-law, a Moabite. Naomi had moved to the country of Moab with her husband, Elimelech, and her two sons. There had been a famine in Israel. There was no food. And so they left in search of food and a new life. And they were desperate desperate enough to go to the land of their enemy where Israelites were not welcome to just try and survive. And they found food. 
But they also found tragedy. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Her two married sons died before they could have children. Married for 10 years with no children and then they died and now Naomi has nothing. Nothing but her daughter-in-law Ruth who refused to leave her side. And so together they set off for Bethlehem, Naomi's hometown where the famine, they learn, has finally ended. See, they're in a terrifying place. Together, Naomi and Ruth had become the very least of these, the bottom of the social ladder, literal non-persons. They were the quartet of the vulnerable. They were orphans, the only family that either of them had. They were both widows. They were both foreigners. Naomi had been a foreigner in Moab, and Ruth was now going to be a foreigner in Bethlehem. And they were poor. They had nothing. We do call this the quartet of the vulnerable, the four people groups that Scripture tells us again and again are dear to the Lord. God heart, God's heart, we learn, bends continually toward the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, and the poor. And at their darkest moment, as we read through the story of Ruth and Naomi, God's heart bent toward these women. Ruth went out to scavenge some food. Gleaning was what it was called. And she met Boaz, a wealthy landowner who was uniquely positioned to provide for Ruth and Naomi. And Boaz did. You see, Naomi had a plan. She had Ruth risk her life and go to, to Boaz's, I was going to say bedside, but it was more the bottom of the threshing floor side as he was sleeping. And Boaz wakes up and promises to take Ruth as his wife, to redeem Elimelech's land for Naomi and provide heirs for Ruth's first husband, that their line might continue on, that hope might continue on. And I know we have a group of people who've been waiting to figure out and learn how this story ends. So here's how it ends. Boaz took Ruth she became his wife, and when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. And that child's name was Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David, king of the, future king of the Israelites, and through whose line hope emerged. I got to imagine, like, if Matthew had written a story about Ruth, that there would have been an earthquake at this moment when, 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 when Obed was born. Hope emerged. Christ was made known. Lives were forever changed. That was the day that God had made for Ruth and Naomi to find redemption, hope, and a new life. You see, in their darkest moments of their lives, God made a way. And that way made a way for Christ to come and provide a way for you, for you, for you, for me to find redemption in our darkest moments. 
I mean, think of Mary Magdalene and the other Mary in Matthew's story. Most likely it was Jesus' mom. That, that morning of the first day, two days after their beloved died, a terrifying death. Matthew tells us they went to see the tomb. And I have to wonder, what did they hope to find there? Did they trust what Jesus said? Like, did they even remember what Jesus said, that he would defeat death, that he would rise again? Did they think they'd find an empty tomb? Or, or did they go to anoint his body with spices, like Mark says, knowing that he was dead for now and for all time, full of hurt and pain? Were they just do, there doing what Jewish people did when they said goodbye to a loved one? Or maybe Mary and the, the other Mary, they went to the grave of a loved one, just like so many of us do, to remember Maybe to lean into the pain for just a little while. To honor someone we loved. We love. Before we go back to our normal, everyday lives. Maybe not expecting much of anything. Especially not expecting an earthquake. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they found one. An earthquake and an angel. Lightning and an empty tomb. Hope and a risen Christ, new life for them and the whole world, resurrection, redemption for having followed what looked probably to many like a failed movement, a failed Messiah. But this Messiah was no failure. This Messiah was resurrected, defeated death so that we all might find resurrection and redemption from the greatest to the least of these, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the foreigner, even the animals will one day find redemption and peace because the lion will lie down with... No, you're supposed to say Timmy. Timmy, right? Timmy. We're already seeing it every day, literally. Redemption for beavers and dwarf horses and one-eyed cats and miracle sheep. Crash the cat, by the way, is the official Cadbury bunny. You did call it, Ian. So Crash the Cat is our Cadbury 2023 bunny. It sounds funny to talk about this, but I will say, during Jesus' most famous sermon, he reminds us that if God cares enough for the birds of the air to feed them, enough for the one-eyed cats of the world to resurrect them from near death, how much more does he care for you and I? How much more does God offer you and I opportunities for resurrection? And I can't help but be reminded this, this time of year that three years ago, we weren't in this room. Three years ago, see, we're liturgical, which means that every three years we cycle through the same scriptures. So three years ago, we were preaching and reading Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10 on Easter, only y'all weren't here. Things looked bleak. People were dying. Too many people were dying. People were screaming, fighting, and killing over silly masks. We weren't sure if we'd get back into church. We didn't know who'd be here when we did get back. We didn't know what it would be like. And when we did come back to church, I wonder if it was a little bit like the two Marys that morning, that first Easter, when the doors opened, when the rock in front of our church finally rolled away, would... Would we just find death? Would, would we find resurrection? Would we, 
Will we find anything at all? Well, three years later, it's clear to me that God has been busy again. Just like he was with Ruth, just like he was on that first Easter, just like he was when Timmy beat the odds and learned to walk. I voted for Timmy. <laughs> Look at all the resurrections that have been happening here at Faith. Our building is being restored. New life is being born. There he is. <laughs> People are giving, this is my favorite picture, people are giving their lives to Jesus. Look at that. All three of those people were baptized and then one who got too cold in the water and had to come out. <laughs> in one day, new people are singing. Oh, new people, are, our neighbors are meeting one another here at this church. New people are singing and ringing out to the Lord. Children are being fed. New friends are being made. And do you know what happened this very week? We have all this crazy fighting between church and state, church and state, church and state. Guess what? A school asked a church, that would be us, to bring what they're doing into the school on Thursday. Did you hear that? One of our schools asked if Jesus could come do what he's been doing at faith in their school. Talk about an earth-shaking moment. I imagine if some people heard that, there might be an earthquake. Some places. Christ is being made known, doing what he's always doing. Resurrection, redemption. It's what Jesus does. And so the question, is, well, if you haven't been around, we've been asking two questions every week. The first one is, what did Jesus do? It's not a hard question on Easter. Like of all days. It's an easy one, right? Jesus rose from the dead, from the grave. He defeated death and darkness once for all. But he also told us what to do. Did you all catch that? When he saw Mary and the other Mary on the road, he said, Go and tell my brothers and sisters what I've done. What did Jesus do? He rose and then he told us to tell others about it. Which leads us to our final question. What will I do? What will you do? Now that you know what Jesus did, what will you do? Whatever darkness you find yourself in, whatever loss you've experienced these last three years, whatever pain you've found in your life, will you trust? Will you trust that Christ defeated all of it? And that our redemption, our resurrection out of the darkness, and one day our resurrection out of death lies with him and in him. Will you accept the resurrection work that Jesus is already doing in your life today? Will you join Jesus in the resurrecting work that he's been doing at faith right here in this very room and it's pouring out of this room into the community and into our schools and when you leave today will you go and tell others what Jesus is doing actually that's a pretty good confession and pardon we usually end with a, a time to confess where we've got it wrong and thank Jesus for giving us pardon to get it right so here's the deal I want you to grab your phones again there's going to be a different QR code up there this time. So if you would, 
Go ahead and click that one if you can. And answer the question. Will you go and tell others what Christ has done? The empty tomb is yes. The closed tomb is no. Look at that. Those are good numbers, right? Sometimes churches like to say, what were the numbers? Those are the important numbers right there. Will you go and tell others what Christ has done? Amen.